listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome back to episode 56 of On the Road. This week, Mike chats across the pond with New Zealander Matt Smith from Little Trucker Down Under about the great trucking education and entertainment publication made especially for kids who love trucks. He started with a great idea and he's making it happen. In something to talk about later in the show, you'll hear from a bloke named Adam who's got a massive collection of die-cast truck models and associated trucking stuff. You could say it's a small-scale trucking business. It's a big news segment this week, plus music from the Stones and the Roadhammers, along with a few laughs from English stand-up jokester Peter Kay. So much good stuff, so little time, so... Let's get this show on the road!
I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. I've been trolling around Facebook, as you know that I do, and I love to find interesting trucking stuff, and I stumbled across this Facebook page called Little Trucker Down Under. I had a bit of a read through it, and I was trying to work out what it does. That is a puzzle and colouring book and competitions and things like that, and it's out of New Zealand. So we got hold of the guy, Matt Smith, who's the public face of this thing for the time being, and I've had a bit of a chat with him off air, and I want to tell everyone about it here in Australia. It's going to be a big thing, I think. It's for us as well as the Kiwis, so, you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Matt Smith, welcome to the show, mate. How are you, Mike? We're always. Thanks for having us. That's all right, mate. We'll try and get past your outrageous Kiwi accent. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let that pass without having a go. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to say six for me. It's all right. <laughs> no problems. Mate. The Little Trucker Down Under. Where did it come from, mate? What's the inspiration? What's it all about? It sort of fell out of a conversation that we were having. And I'm guessing Aussie's going through a very similar driving crisis that we are over here. We currently have about a 2,500 driver shortage in New Zealand. Mm. The idea was that we wanted to reach kids at a young age, present them with the information about transport trucks, get them inspired about the industry, yep. and then to grow them through to the industry. The days where you could chuck a kid in a truck and go for a drive, they've become fewer and far between. Health and safety is taking care of all that. Yeah. So we thought, as the publisher of New Zealand Trucking Magazine, what can we give back to the industry? How can we help be part of you know, what is a big problem? We sort of see this as one piece of a, of a very big puzzle. Our goal is if we can grab a few kids and inspire them, hopefully that's the future of our transport industry. Yeah, well, look, we are in the same situation as you, as you say. It's very, very hard to get the kids in the seat these days and take them for a run. I remember I used to take my young bloke in the truck with me occasionally when the opportunity presented, but it just doesn't present anymore. We need to do something. So this thing is an activity colouring competitions book. Is it like a colouring book? Is that the story? No, no. It's, it's going to have a few stories in there. So we're going to talk about industry, different roles in the industry that you could have. Mm. It's not just truck drivers. You could become a welder, you could build trailers, you could, could work in warehousing, all of those things. So it really is a guide for kids on what's available, but built in a way that's engaging for them. Yep. So very, very short stories, lots of reader picks. So we're trying to engage the reader, get them to send photos of themselves. Maybe it's with dad or mum in the truck. Yep. And we'll publish all of those. So we want them to feel that they're part of this industry from day one. Yep. So it's basically just a magazine, like a hard copy of a magazine. Yeah, 100%. We looked at just doing something online, and we, we just don't feel that's as engaging. And I think we want to get kids away from being on devices as well. So yep. the feedback we've had from publishing the magazine has been tremendous. We're selling now into New Zealand, Australia. All the retailers in New Zealand have picked this up. Yep. The major ones, which are the supermarket chains over here. Flybys, which is a loyalty scheme over here, have picked it up, which is almost unheard of for a magazine that no one's seen. Yes. They sort of get, I think, what we're trying to achieve in terms of it's just a fun activity based book that's around transport. So loads of photos, loads of very short stories, posters, stickers, all the stuff when you're a 5 to 12-year-old you love to see if you've got a passion for trucks. Right. So that's the target market, is it? 5 to 12? Yeah. We want to get them at a younger age. Yep. before they've become too cool for school. <laughs> we want to get them, when their passion is first seeded, yep. if they go into a store, see this magazine with mum or dad, yep. and they pick it, they've got an interest. Yes. Let's try and foster that interest. Yep, there's nothing wrong with that. So the other thing we're working with over here and in Australia is transport companies. Yep. So we're asking them to sponsor magazines that go into local schools. 
So we've only just started this project. Mm. So we've picked up three in the last two days in New Zealand. Oh. We will then offer that to Australia. So you can pick your schools. Yep. They could be local or region. We'll we'll post the copies free of charge to the schools and they can hand them out to the kids that are uh, interested. So how does that work? I saw a thing on your page there about APL Direct have come on board to sponsor. So what, do they buy a certain number of copies and then direct them to go somewhere to be given out? Is that the story? Yeah, exactly that. So we're charging $1,800 for the entire year. We send out 200 copies each issue, which is you know, 800 in total. Yep. So it's literally cost of printing. Yep. They selected the schools in their region. Mm. So we will start that. For, the first issue comes out in December. Yes. So we'll start that every quarter. It's four times a year. Right. So company decides to sponsor your publications direct where they want that publication to go to be, to be given away. Do you give the company something like a bit of advertising space on there or do you, you know, a bit of a logo on the thing? Yeah, correct. So we're going to do a sponsors page, yep. which is going to be a logo in there. Facebook posts each month with all the different sponsors logos. Yep. And we're also going to print the logos on different pages. So you're going to get your logo in there a couple of times in the magazine at least. Yep. We want to acknowledge those transport companies or whoever that may be who have come on board. Mm. Yeah, We see the only way to fix the problem is the industry working together. 100% correct. Driver recruitment and retention probably one of the biggest issues that we face and the workforce is getting older and the freight task is not getting smaller so we need to start somewhere and a grassroots thing like this is probably a good way to go i think it's great i could see the potential of what you're doing what you're saying mike we totally agree with yeah. we have to do this together if we go off and try and do this on our own we'll fail yeah. and vice versa if transport companies try to do their own facebook pages they'll get very small engagement with that yeah since we've launched the page, I think we launched the Facebook early September, so about three weeks ago. Yeah. We've got nearly 1,200 followers from that. And the interesting thing about the engagement, which is completely different to our truck magazine, 49% of the followers are female. Yeah, right. Which I suspect is mums who are getting on there because they know their kids have a passion for the trucks. Yeah. And the worst thing I think we will get out of this is people will start looking at an industry differently as well, you know? Yep. And if we can engage the general public in a positive manner, yep. that also has spin off for the industry as well. 100% correct. I can't see a downside for what you're doing. I really can't. It looks to be a great thing. We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. So you're saying that your launch date is the 1st of December, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we're going to print a couple of weeks prior, which will allow us to post over to Aussie. I think it's about a five-day turnaround for posting to Australia. Yep. So they'll all come out at the same time. So everyone will get their copies sort of pre-Christmas was the goal. Yep. Our long-term goal is that we will continue to grow the magazine and then we'll probably shift the print to Australia because I suspect that we'll get more subscribers in Australia than we will in New Zealand because of the population. Yeah, well, New Zealand's not that large, is it, really, no. when it comes to the raw numbers? <laughs> That's right. This is the one thing we don't mind if you guys claim. <laughs> you can have this and Russell Crowe. <laughs> There'd be people over here saying you could have Russell back, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to work with people, you know. And, and like, if your listeners out there have got stories that they want told, mm. you know, that they think kids will be interested in, yeah. we'd love to have that. We want to tell the stories that will inspire. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, mate. I'm working with a few guys up in the Pilbara driving those big quads. There's a lot of Kiwis up there driving around. (laughs) 
I think the wages are better. I think they might be. You know, there's some big gear up there and some big drivers too, I'll tell you. <laughs> I was working with a guy there not that long ago from Auckland. Yeah. Bit of a wicked sense of humour. I sort of give him a bit of stir up about shearing sheep and stuff. He reckoned he didn't know any sheep. <laughs> so it was all good. We're looking for contributors. Yes. And paid contributors. So what we're aiming to do is get kids to tell kids stories. Yes. Things that they like, other kids are going to like. So what we're looking for is a young boy, girl, or boys or girls who would love to be part of this magazine, who can write a short story, take some photos of a trip they may have been on, take some photos of the truck, take photos of themselves. Yep. They'll become part of our editorial team. Yep. We'll pay them. We think if kids are telling stories to other kids, they're going to speak in a language that their friends and peers and people around their age will understand. Oh, that's a great idea. So we, we would welcome any contact. So they can get hold of you via your email. Yeah, that's probably the best way. Yeah. Which is matt, M-A-T-T, at nztrucking.co.nz. Yep. The other way they can reach out is through the little trucker down under Facebook page. If they send the message through that, we'll respond to that. Well, that's how I got hold of you anyway, through the messenger. <laughs> Mate, I just have a look at what you're doing. I think it's awesome. There's some great old photos. I love the photo of the old car with the trailer on the back of it. That's pretty cool. The 1916 Model T with the trailer. Yeah, really stuff. <laughs> Just incredible. So, Little Trucker Down Under on Facebook. You can search there and find that. You can see some pictures. Who's doing your art, mate? That Mac with the tipper. Yeah, the cover. That's awesome. Who did that for you? Oh, that's our designer, Ricky. Yeah. He's got a massive passion for trucks as well. So yeah. what we want the cover to be is easily identifiable. So we, we chose to go with an illustrated look. Yep. You're not going to confuse it with another trucking magazine. It really screams kits. Yeah. And that was the brief I gave Ricky. So he's come up with a whole pile of these different covers. So yeah. what we're going to do each month prior to printing the cover we're actually going to have two or three options and get the kids to vote which cover they like the best and that'll be the cover for that issue. <laughs> oh, what a great idea. Oh, I love that. And the other thing we want is we want reader picks. So there'll be colouring comps, there'll be word finds, all the stuff you would expect to see in a kid's mag. We've got a whole pile of prizes being offered from local companies and we're hoping that we're going to start reaching out to Australian companies who will supply some merchandise to us that we can pass to these kids. Mm. All of these things will just give a positive message to these kids and they're going to feel good about it. And who doesn't like seeing their photo in a magazine? Well, that's right. But who doesn't love trucks as well? Exactly. Well, I'll be certainly passing your uh, details around in my network of contacts and hopefully we can work something out. Fantastic. It's just great. I honestly think that things like this are well worth supporting and I'd love to see it. Matt, thanks for taking the time to call me all the way from New Zealand. It's been a little bit of a logistics exercise to get it sorted out with the time difference with me and WA and you over there, but we've managed it. Just happy to have had you on the show, mate. Thank you. Oh, Mike, mate, we absolutely appreciate it. And thanks to all the truck drivers out in Aussie. Hmm. I know you guys are doing an awesome job out there like our guys are too. So we want to thank each and every one of those for keeping both countries going. Without Trucks Australia and New Zealand stops, mate. 100%. Absolutely. Take care. We'll see you on the road. Thanks, Mike. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility, which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. 
Now, let's be honest, how many of you have been singing along to some songs for years only to find out that the lyrics you were singing were in fact entirely different to what they actually are? Take Elton John, for example. For years I thought he was singing Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. Apparently it's actually Tiny Dancer. And I always wondered why he would sing It's No Sack of Fries, No Sack of Fries, No Sack of Fries at all. Come on, admit it, you've done it too. Here's British funny man Peter Kay sharing his misunderstood song lyrics from well-known songs. You're all about karaoke. When you're singing on a karaoke, you haven't got a clue that those weren't words. I was singing um, Take That Back for Good. Wash your back, wash your back, wash your back. Want your back? What's this? Want your back? I've been singing Wash Your Back 15 years. It's only when you go on a karaoke and you see lyrics, that's what they're supposed to be singing. You know that song, We Are Family? For years I thought they were singing, Just Let Me Staple the Vicar. Right? <laughs> who's right and who's wrong here? Listen. All of the people around us, they say, Can they be that close? Just let me staple the vicar. <laughs> That's what they sing. Just let me staple the vicar. Just let me staple the vicar. You know Duffy, Duffy the Welsh songstress, last three years I thought that poor cow were begging me for birdseed. Apparently it's mercy, I thought it were birdseed. Carry on giving it birdseed, birdseed. Mercy. Drive by the cars, beautiful song. They used this on Live Aid. Do you remember? They showed it over this harrowing footage of these starving Ethiopians. If you listen closely, they're actually singing about pork pie. I pledge money, me, pop I pledge money. <laughs> Apparently, according to Michael, your burgers are the best. I can Have one of them burger vans. You know they have that fun furs and doing state Canadians and hot dogs. <laughs> Speaking of hot dogs. Near, you are. I believe the hot dogs go on. Got a bit of rivalry here, Michael. <laughs> Celine's paddling hot dogs. It's on his patch. <laughs> Meanwhile, Katie Lang's singing about our souls. After you do, he'll never. Born you. I swear to God, born you. <laughs> Bobby Gentry, Phil, listen. Phil, I've sang that at Cow, my mum. That. <laughs> Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Good evening, Mike. Good evening, Andy. How are you, mate? Doing okay, thank you. And I don't really need to ask you because you've already told me, but how was your day anyway? I've had one of those days. You know how some days you have a diamonds? Yeah, yeah. And other days aren't? Yeah. 
Well, today's wasn't, mate. And <laughs> Pure granite. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was going to use other words, mate, like excrement. But anyway, that's, yeah. uh, it's yeah. good to hear your voice, mate. Give me a bit of a laugh. We'll have a bit of a laugh before we're done here, and that'll make everything all right. Yeah, the world will be a better place for it. I would like to think so. Which it needs to be. I got bailed up by the wife again today, mate. <laughs> Apparently, I have two major faults. Do you? Everything you yeah. say and everything you do? Apparently, I don't listen to her. <laughs> I can't recall what the other one was. <laughs> can't recall that. Oh, dear. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Yeah. Uh, mate, at the New South Wales Parliamentary Inquiry into Tolling, I didn't know there was such a thing, hmm. peak trucking bodies sent a loud and clear message that it's time to give our truckies a break. Yeah. Look, you know how I went off my chops about everyone having to use the North Connects Tunnel and, you know, we had all that whole story. Remember all that, mate? No, no, I don't remember that. I remember I don't listen to people. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't talk about it very much. Yeah. I didn't get very wound up at all. My mate Simon O'Hara has put in Road Freight New South Wales written submission to the inquiry. Yeah. And he's talking about, you know, the range of incentives that are being offered to people and talking about how much things are costing. There's a lot in this story and I'd encourage people to go to the bigrigs.com.au webpage and have a look at it. Mm. But the simple reality of it is if you can't have access to a different road and you have to use the toll road Mm. and it's all about road safety, Mm -hmm. how about we make the tolls a reasonable price and encourage guys to use the tolls? All this ends up on the bottom line, as I've already said. If the government and the toll operators want the trucks to get back onto the tollways, they need to provide some relief. Yep. And really, that's what Simon's saying. Simon says. <laughs> <laughs> the variable toll rates for off-peak journeys, discounts multiple journeys would be a practical way of keeping trucks off the suburban streets, hmm. improves the environmental outcomes and makes travel less congested and safer. Now, you know, as well as anyone that knows, I used to run up and down there all the time. I was all the time between Sydney and Newcastle. Pennant Hills Road, mate, my nightmare, let me tell you. Yeah. And I was very happy when that North Connects Tunnel opened, but only because I'm not paying the tolls as a driver, you know? Yeah. The reality of it is it shaves a lot off during the day, but I honestly can't see any benefit in cost saving or fuel saving at two o'clock in the morning. Mm. And- to put those cameras over Pennadils Road and force trucks onto the tollway and pay the exorbitant tolls just seems to me like the government scratching Trans Urban's back. If you don't go this way, you'll be fined. I thought it was wrong then. I still think it's wrong. There needs to be exemptions for tolls and non-peak hour and all the rest of it. Tolling companies should only be able to apply the higher charges where there are the benefits. Yep. And if they can show they're delivering improvement. And as I said, I don't see how they're delivering improvement at 2 o'clock in the morning. I really don't. You're not suggesting this is a, a revenue-raising thing, surely? Far, but no, not at all. Not good. Not at all, mate. Mm. $194 fine or a $25 toll, you know? Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, 230 written submissions all in all. They're having uh, video hearings in support. There's a couple of further dates on the 7th of October and the 1st of November. Let's see what happens. Perhaps we can get Simon on the show later on to talk about it. I'm sure he'd love to do that. I'm sure he would. All right, Matty. Well, some high-profile road transport companies are on the list of businesses who receive part of the government's $89.3 billion JobKeeper subsidies between July and December last year. There are now calls for those businesses who've made healthy profits during that period to start paying it back. Yeah. You know what the scary part about this is? Mm. This is Nick McKim right now. He's deputy leader of the Greens. Oh, for God's sake, please don't start agreeing with them. Mate, uh, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? You are. <laughs> Even a broken clock's right twice a day, mate. Yeah. So I think Mr. McKim's maybe struck that at one time when he, he might be right. <laughs> you realise your political reputation is shot to ribbons now, don't you? Oh, mate, I'd tell you what, I don't know. Mm. He's put this private member's bill in, and if passed... The bill that he's presented to Parliament will require the Australian Tax Office to publish a list of all the entities that received JobKeeper payments and how much they received, excluding those with an annual turnover of less than $10 million. Now, some of the transport companies that he's talking about have huge turnovers. 
Once again, there's a hell of a lot in this article. We can't really give it the time it really needs to have a granular discussion on it. Hmm. Go to the bigrigs.com.au webpage, read the article for yourself. Let's just look at K&S, which is one of the companies that they're citing in the article. Hmm. 28.6 million in JobKeeper subsidies for the 2020 calendar year. $28.6 million in subsidies. Wow. Now, K&S reported a profit. And there's a question that they only paid a few hundred thousand in uh, Ownership Matters. Co-founder Darren Pate said the account suggests that Kane has only paid $344,000 in JobKeeper to workers who weren't working. That means that 98.8% of the $28.6 million that they got were subsidised wages for people who were working and simply just padded KNS's profit. Now, as I said, KNS declared a profit. They've paid their shareholders bonuses, and it's not really quite right. Now, there are other companies that are cited in this, Linfox, Cube, Lindsay's. Mm. There's a hell of a lot of money that's been put out there. Now, Nick McKim's saying, fine, give them the money and let them use it, but they don't have the right to profiteer from it. And I've got to say that I agree with that. Yeah. Even though it's coming from someone who I despise politically. Mm. When someone's right, objectively, they are right, and you've got to give them credit where it's due. And I think the amount of money that we've peed up the wall for the want of a better description with this whole COVID thing, that money needs to go back into the public coffers. It's taxpayers' money. It needs to go back to the taxpayers so it can be used to benefit the taxpayers. I don't think we should be benefiting the private shareholders of multinational corporations. Mm. I don't think he's saying anything different than what the rest of us have been thinking all along anyways. Well, that's right, yeah. Indeed. Mike, a tracky looking for a suitable route for... Actually, hang on a minute. Can I say route without endangering our clean status? Or do I have to say route and go All-American? You can go All-American. All right. Part B. A tracky looking for a suitable route for his BW. <laughs> I just got that. Yeah. I just got it just then. Okay. Go on. There you go. Yeah. Part C, a truckie looking for a suitable route for his B-double loaded with cattle yep. chose running through Grafton as his best option, oblivious to a new morning curfew for trucks over the Bendy Bridge between 7.30 and 9.30am. Enforcement officers followed him over the bridge, issued him with a ticket for crossing the bridge at, wait for it, 9.28am. Hmm. Common sense has apparently prevailed, mate, and the penalty notice has now been cancelled. And so it should be. I'll say. The thing of it is, I'm not 100% familiar with the way that area goes down through there, but it's been pointed out that there's no warning signs. Yeah, no signage. You've got to have ESP to drive a B-double. It's one of the things I despised most about a B-double. You know, you can look at the map and you can try and work out the route that you're supposed to go on, mm. and there'll be a 50-metre length in the route. In route, mate. Okay, a 50% in the route that, that isn't gazetted. <laughs> You know what happens when you're having a route that's not gazetted, don't you? You get into real trouble for that. Same in a truck, but if you go on this route that's not gazetted, there's a 50-metre length in it. We all know where the transport officers know where these things are. They sit there, they wait for some poor bugger to make a a brain-dead or an ignorant mistake, and they'll rip over and they'll just write you up. And it's one of the things that winds truck drivers up no end. Mm. So the key to this article really, though, is that, you know, it sort of says here that uh, he beats the $690 ticket. Well, he didn't beat the ticket at all. What happened was he was issued with the infringement notice. He made an application to have the thing reviewed. They reviewed it and decided to withdraw it. And that's what happened. He didn't beat it. Yeah. They decided to withdraw it because it was reviewed. And as Rod Hanafi has said, as all the legal people have said, as I have said a hundred times, mm. your license as a professional driver is a very important thing to you. Well, it's everything. Well, it is everything. Mm. And you really should defend yourself if you feel that you've been unfairly dealt with or you feel that there's no case to answer. Mm. So you apply to have the infringement notice reviewed. And if obviously it's reviewed and there's still a fine, then you've got the option to decide whether you want to take it to court. But if you don't even ask for a review, if you just pay the penalty, that is an admission of guilt. And those things rack up over a course of time. Mm. And ultimately, one day when you do go to court for something... They'll say, oh, look at this bloke's history. He's got these laundry list of infringement notices. Mm. They don't care. Once you pay the fine, you've admitted guilt. The key to this article here is if you feel that you've got something that's worth to review, 
apply to get it reviewed and there are people that can help you do that. Mm. All you need to do is get hold of the highway advocates or the driver's advocate on Facebook, Trev will give you a hand with it. Mm. God, I'll even give you a hand with it. Mm. We're all out there to help you get it sorted out. Don't just take it lying down. If you think you've been unfairly treated, apply for a review. Couldn't agree more. And made toll global express drivers fearful of their job security under new ownership have applied to the Fair Work Commission for the right to vote on strike action. They sure have. Hmm. New owners of Toll Global Express Allegro funds. There was a whole heap of discussion that happened when Allegro came out and said that they were taking over Toll Global Express. Hmm. And what this is all about, Christine Holgate took over the company. We had a bit of a discussion about her, though people will remember that she was the lady that basically resigned from Australia Post and the whole Cartier Watchers thing. Hmm. Someone with no experience in transport took over a transport company, Global Express, and they went and they had a whole heap of meetings and she went around and she met everyone and she promised them all everything was going to be fine and they'd all get all their uh, entitlements and it'd all be transferred across and all the rest of it. And then it got to the 11th hour and it didn't look like that was what was going to happen. So there's been months of resistance to workers' previous uh, strike action was planned. At the 11th hour, there was a, a bit of a commitment made and everyone's get, decided to roll things back. But it looks now like that's all gone out the window and the boys are unhappy because they're worried about their job security because often happens when a new business takes over, they like to move the goalposts. Hmm. So Global Express Management can do all the welcome meetings they like, but workers who have been through months of turmoil over their future need guarantees on paper, not echo empty words around the truck yard. Yep. And he's 100% right. They need some level of uh, certainty. And the only way that happens these days in writing, the days of handshake agreements and look you in the eye and say, she'll be right, mate, that's over. Hmm. It finishes up for the news this week. Under new regulations announced by the Queensland Government earlier this week, all truck drivers entering Queensland from another state, well, where else would they be coming from, (laughs) along with those entering on a freight pass must have at least their first vaccination shot. Yes. Isn't that wonderful? Something that's not mandatory, Mm. but if you don't have it, you can't come into Queensland. I had a big spit on Twitter today about that, in that I can't go and visit my 100-year-old father in his retirement village, but I can uh, go and sit with tens of thousands of others at the grand final this weekend if I want to. Well, that's right. Isn't it marvellous? Isn't it also interesting that these rules are changing because some guys decided to stand up and say no vaccination passports, no jab and all the rest of it, Truck drivers have been going up and down the country for the last 18 months. Mm. Hardly a problem. don't know if it spreads over your way, but up here at the moment when they give the reports each morning, now it's a man from such and such, a woman from such and such, yeah. with no further details. However, a truck driver, Yeah. it doesn't matter what the other people do, they don't get a rating. As soon as it's a truck driver, it's hot news. Call me paranoid. Mm. The move has come after several freight drivers entered the state while infectious and moved around the community recently, a media statement said. Well, all I can say is this. It's getting harder and harder and harder to get drivers. The average age of our drivers is is, is increasing all the time. Mm. The freight task is not getting any smaller. In fact, it's forecast to get bigger. Mm-hmm. All this sort of stuff has all been rushed through and, and everyone's been made feel as though your desire to do or not do something, if you want to exercise your freedom or sovereignty over your body, you're being regarded as selfish. But the reality of it is, is that people are being treated like small children and this thing here, I honestly think is going to bite them in the bum. Now, as you know, I've talked to Gary Mann, I've talked to Simon O'Hara, talked to a lot of people. Gary and Simon are both fronting up the Queensland Transport Association and Road Freight for New South Wales, respectively. I understand why they take the position they do. I understand that they're representing their groups and all the rest of it. I understand that we do need to have a certain amount of compliance within the industry. But while we continue to ram this stuff down blokes' necks, I don't think that's the right way. Mm. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Mm. Is that the expression? I can't remember. Something along those lines, yeah. The goalposts have been moved that many times. There doesn't seem to be any sort of consistency. And then we go ahead and make all these mandates. Up until now, no one's cared whether you had a flu vaccination or not. No one's cared whether you've had a hepatitis vaccination or not. No one's cared whether you've had any other vaccination. All of a sudden, this one's important. 
And you have to ask yourself why. Why is it being pushed so hard? Mm. Why are Amy running their bloody ads with backs it up? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like a sunrise. Yep. Give me a break. It's enough to make you vomit. Yeah. Connors are saying, oh, well, you're not have your vaccination there. You're not going to be able to fly overseas. What business is it of anyone's? Yeah. You know, it just... <laughs> well, legally, it's none of their business. The trouble with it is, is they're making it people's business that all this has done is driven a wedge into society. Mm. It's split up families, you know, it's split up friends. I just honestly, like you, can't understand why we're not that far apart, a lot of us, on a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we're letting it rule our lives. And this this thing, they talk about, you know, the Delta variant. Well, I'll tell you what I'm waiting for, mate. Mm. I'm waiting for the deadly Christmas holiday variant. Yeah. That's the one I'm waiting for. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good, won't it? Oh, yeah. And the beer will go up as with the petrol and everything else. Anyway, let's get back to the serious story. We're facing some hard dates when people are going to have to make their mind up where they stand. Mm. Gary Mann, CEO of Queensland Trucking, said he hoped that, in general, the new rules will be well accepted by industry. Well, I think that in terms of the cross-border operations, I think it's inevitable that there's going to be some issues. Yep. I think there's going to be some fireworks. That's my prediction. Yep. I already know five drivers personally who have contacted me and said that they're not going into Queensland anymore. Mm. The same thing's going to happen with Victoria and the same thing's going to happen to South Australia and now we've got Western Australia talking about jabs as well. Mm. These politicians are making it harder and harder and harder for people to earn their money. And to be perfectly honest with you, if you look, we've had two years now nearly. That's not far off. We started out with two weeks to flatten the curve and that everyone said that was fine. We did all that. For truck drivers, we've had 18 months of not being able to get a shower, not being able to get a feed, being treated like crap, bullshit fines. You can't get a toilet in the rest area. You can't have a shower. You can't keep treating people like shit and expecting them to do things for you. And now we've got all these vaccines. We've had blokes having swabs stuck up their nose every three days. Mm. You know, I had a bloke talking to me the other day Tell him he's actually got an ulcer inside his nose now from where he's been swabbed that many times. Yeah. No one is going to keep putting up with that. The job is simply not worth it. No. I don't think we can go on the way we are. But anyway, there you go. Agreed. And if people are looking for an alternative occupation, they used to say that, you know, IT was the business to be in. (laughs) But I believe now the business to be in is to go into law because I have it on good authority that things are going to start hotting up in the courts fairly soon. Well, look, I'll tell you what, mate, not before time. Mm. I can't understand why some of this crap has gone on for as long as it's gone on. Yeah. As they say, watch this space. Mate, I've had a busy week, so I haven't had time to come up with two thoughts for the week. So I've only got one, and it's actually not even silly. So I'm sorry about that. Okay. But this one actually really hit close to home for me and um, for a lot of people I know. So I thought I'm going to share it anyway. It's a quote from Thomas Edison Mm -hmm. who said, Many people who have failed in life never realised just how close they were to success when they gave up. Yeah. And I really think that's a good thing to keep in mind. I think it is. All right, mate. I'll let you get back to it. Loud pipes save lives, brother. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? (laughs) Take care of yourself and I'll uh, catch up with you later. Cheers, mate. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well.
Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you're interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. G'day, I'm Darren. I'm listening to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Road Show. I'm having a week off at the moment from my fly-in, fly-out job in the Pilbara where I'm driving the big quads up there. I went down to a mate of mine's place down the south side of Perth and he's got the most amazing collection of collectible trucks and memorabilia. He's just got a real man cave. I went down there and I just went nuts. I was playing trucks and it was just awesome. And so anyway, I took a few pictures and I put them up on the podcast Facebook page. And when you do that, you get the opportunity to share it with some other pages. And I'm a member of some private groups. I'm in the Kloss Custom Trucks group and I posted the pictures up there and I got amazing response from the people there. One of the people who got back to me was Adam and he's got a collection of these things too. I wanted to talk to people about it. So Adam's over in Sydney. Adam's going to tell us about his collection, where they come from and his background in the transport. I'm going to find out some more about some of these fantastic collectibles. Adam, mate, how are you? Welcome to the show. Not bad, mate, yourself? I'm wonderful. I just can't get over these things. The level of detail in them is incredible, and I can't get over how much they're worth. It's scary sometimes. It is scary when you see some of them, especially when they get resaled and they're three or four times what the original price was. Yeah, well, I think the starting price is like 250 bucks, isn't it, just for a prime mover? Just for a prime mover, yeah. And then there's all the trailers, but the detail on them is absolutely incredible. The ones I was looking at at my mate Nathan's place, that chrome one, the, the 60th anniversary Drake one, Yep. That is an incredible model. You know, folded open, all the engines, doors open, that's got a deck wide and a platform and the whole thing sort of spreads apart and there's a truck that goes on top of that. Just amazing the detail. You've got a few of these yourself. How many have you got? Oh, I think the last count was over three hundred diecast collectible models from Drake and various other companies. So there are other companies that do them. Yes, yes. So they're not like Franklin Mint plates, so they're a little bit... Well, Drake are the only ones that do your 909s, your 908s, your, yeah. your C509s, your 501 Brutes, yeah. which you'd see towing road trains and stuff like cattle crates, stuff like that. Yeah. There's a few other mods, and you can get your European trucks, your Scania's, your Volvos. There's a company over in the Netherlands that make all the shipping containers. Yep which I've been in the container industry since I left school, so that's an, another big part of my collection. Yep. I'd have close to 400 die-cast shipping containers. It's <laughs> a lot of shipping containers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you do dioramas and things? Nathan said to me he wants to start doing dioramas. Yeah, I did have one set up at my parents' place in a spare bedroom, took up most of the bedroom. Yeah. It set up more like a container terminal and I had a warehouse on there and, yeah. Then you can get your little figurines and forklifts and road signs. Mm. Your imagination is whatever you want in the real world, pretty much there in a die-cast form. So do you display them in a cabinet or do you...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to make sure you get the right cabinet and make sure your glass is thick enough because there has been people over the years where the shelving's broken or it's yep. pulled the plugs out of the side of it and then you see tens of thousands of dollars just crushed down in a display cabinet. Yeah, and they're fairly easy to damage too, I suppose, if once you've chipped them and, uh, well, they're damaged, aren't they then? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's lost all the value. Yeah, well, no, that, that chrome one that was in the pictures on his pool table there. Yeah. He actually wears cotton gloves to handle that with so it doesn't smear, so he doesn't get smeary, greasy fingerprints on it. Drake actually, with that model from Remy, there was a white cloth that came in the box with the model to handle it. That's quite incredible. The detail's second to none. I mean, you put a Drake 909 model beside the real thing. Honestly, I mean, I had my own 904 and I couldn't spot the difference. It's very, very hard to find something that they've missed out on the model on the real thing. Yeah, well, I drive 909s and you've probably seen some of the pictures of some of the things that I've drive. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. You can see all the pictures I took and put on the Facebook page. Go to the On The Road Facebook page and you, you will see the pictures that I'm talking about there. Yeah. 
There's the orange one with the B-double trailers. Really, as you say, there's not much that's missed out. The detail is incredible. Even underneath, you turn them over or open the engine bay, right down to the airlines. and Oh, yeah, and they come with a little tool. You can pop the driver and passenger's doors open. Yeah. The seats move and you've got your gear stick. You've got the full dash set up. Yep. Yeah. You've got all the buttoned interior in, in the bunk. Yeah. No, it's, it's just quite incredible. There's a hobby shop at Midland Gate in Perth that I saw there oh, weeks ago now. And uh, I was quite impressed at the display that they've got in there. I'm not sure whether he's the only one in Perth where you can get them. Nathan said that he's got a couple off of him. Yeah. Where do you get them in Sydney? You're in Sydney. There's no one really in Sydney. That's the big problem with collecting, especially the Drakes. Yep. I came across one shop around Norellan. They had two or three prime movers, and that was about it. Yep. I get 95% of my collection from Drake themselves. All right, righto. So they're not just online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they have special events, I've actually taken time off work and flown up to Brisbane, up to Drake's headquarters at Waycool. <laughs> I mean, it's a collection that, one, it's a hobby, and it's something that's never going to lose its value. Yeah, well, Nathan was telling me some of the trucks that he's got now that he paid not a lot for are worth two, three times what he paid for them, but he said he'll never part with them. They're all pretty much... There to stay. There to stay. Got a couple of shells with 909s and a couple of shells with 900 legends. He's got the Bobbins one, and yeah, he's in the process of getting all the Mac Bicentennials at the moment. He's got four of those. They're going to be a very sought after model as they come out. There's 16 of them coming out. Yeah, well, he's got four. I think that's where they're up to. Yeah, and he's pre ordered the rest of them. Yeah, he's pretty convinced that they'll go like hotcakes. Pretty much 90% of what Drake bring out usually sells out. The really popular liveries like Membrays down in Melbourne, yep. Doolins, back when McAleese was still around, yep. they were selling out within a couple of hours of them being released. Yeah, well, he's got a whole shelf of McAleese stuff. McAleese was a very, very sought-after collection. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at the picture now. I can see on the shelf there he's got what it looks like a, an F700 Mac, three different K200s. Yeah, you got the you got the 2.3 cab. Yep. And then they've done a 2.8 cab. Yep. And then they've done another 2.8 cab, which they call the fat cab version, which has got the twin stacks, the chrome drop visor, the bull bar. Yep. The little ducktail spoiler on the roof. The... Yeah, the dovetail, yep. And it looks like there's 250s in there as well. Yeah, I think it's a 501 Brute. Yep. Which is the one with the blue air cleaners. Yep. And then they've done the 509 with your chrome air intakes. Yep, so he's got all of those on the shelf as well as he's got a platform and some dollies and drop decks. And there's another one over the back of it I can't really identify, but it's obviously another heavy hauler. I think that looks like it's the K100. Yep. The K100 with the 45-foot drop deck. They're actually made by another company that's new to the diecast collection, which is Iconic Replicas out of Melbourne. And the detail on the older school models is the same as Drake. Yeah. You can't fault them. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. You've got a whole shelf of toll-heavy haulage gear. What are the orange ones up the top? They look like blue circles. The yellow ones at the top are chrome yellow. Yep. There is a range of orange ones, which are Drake's. Yep. So it's got the Drake's name and their logo on the doors of the toolboxes and the cabs and the party hats of the new 909s that they released at the uh, Brisbane Truck Show. Yep. Which was a must event. Yep. Took time off work to fly out for the uh, Brisbane Truck Show. Oh, don't even start me on the truck show, mate. I was over in Perth and I <laughs> wanted to go to the truck show. And, you know, there was all the questions with the COVID lockout stuff and I wasn't brave enough. I was worried about that as well, about going up. Was I going to be able to come home? Yeah, I wasn't brave enough to get on the plane. And so my podcast offsider, Andy, went to the truck show and old mate Graham Haas and Kermie went up and sort of helped out up there and did a bit of stuff for us. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, righto. As I look at these pictures and the level of detail of the models, I just found it amazing. just blows me away. We've all got hobbies. Obviously, I get and talk about trucks and play with trucks all the time. Yeah. You collect the collectibles. I'd love to hear what other people are doing. Do your mates do the same sort of thing or are they on different things? No, a lot of the blokes I deal with are just mainly Drake or Cranes. Yeah, right. The Drake group over the last eight years that I've been collected has significantly expanded. Yeah. And the product quantities years ago were 250, 300 and take a week or so to sell out. Yeah. Now they're making upwards of 750 to 1,000 and they're still selling out within a day or so. Yeah, it's unreal, isn't it? I'm amazed at the response to the question that I've been asking and just amazed by the amount of people that have actually got them or some of them. 
there are a lot of people with just a few. Yeah. I might have to go and get one now. I might have to get a see if they'll do a Campbell's 909 quad for me. It's something that once you start, you can't stop. It's a drug addiction with <laughs> die-cast collectibles. I don't know, mate. I, I don't think I've got the space at the moment. My caravan is a little bit limited for space for displaying yeah. bottles. <laughs> I started off with one because a mate posted a photo of one. I said, where'd you get that from? That looks pretty cool. And yeah. eight years down the track, and I think out of everything Drake's produced, I may be missing 15 or 20. Yep. Out of everything they've made over the past eight years. Yep. And you're probably diligently trying to hunt those down, are you? Yeah. I picked up one today to finish off the Betts Bowers collection. And I think when it came out, it was around the 450 bucks. And today it cost me $2,000. Wow. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But I suppose that if you've got the whole collection, it's like having the first edition of A Truck and Live, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Like it's the first episode. It's going to be something that's always there. There's always going to be a bit of interest in it. Have you got any other memorabilia as well, like trucking memorabilia or just the models? Pretty much just the models. So you haven't gone fully sick like my mate Nathan with the big Kenworth rug on the floor that he imported from the States and all that sort of stuff? No, 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 not that much. I feel I lived the dream of owning a 904. Yeah. So I did the hard yards. I had the Kenworth truck, so. Yeah. Dream or nightmare, depending on your point of view. What? <laughs> it's a dream the day you buy it, and then the second day you own it, it's a nightmare. <laughs> what always used to amaze me, because I've owned a few Kenworths myself, it always used to amaze me. You go to get a generic light bulb or a generic gauge or something, they want to know your chassis number. <laughs> Just yeah, a light yeah. bulb, mate. <laughs> yeah. And everything with owning in a truck, it's not in hundreds. It's always in thousands. Well, I was amazed. I had a K125. It's one of the old trucks I own. One of the old girls. Yeah, just for the hell of it. And it had air wipers on it. Did you ever encounter air wipers at all in your career? Have you ever seen them? No, I think my old man would have had one back when he had his yeah. 125 or his F model Mac back in the 90s. Well, you turn the air on and depending on how far you turn the switch depends on... How fast the wipers go. Yeah, and I needed a right-hand wiper motor for my K125 and I thought I'm never, ever, ever going to get one of these. I needed it for roadworthy. Yeah. I'm going to have to put an electric wiper motor in. This is when Kenworth were in Footscray in Dynan Road. I, I rang Kenworth up asked him if they had one and they had two on the shelf two of these air motors on the shelf so i got both of them so just one of those things you can always get your second hand parts for a kenworth buy them in the milk bar exactly right exactly right all right mate well it's been a lot of fun to have you on the show thanks for having me i'd love to have you post some pictures on the podcast page if you want to yeah yeah more, more than happy to do that Tell your mates about our show, On The Road Podcast, and they'll be able to find us at our webpage, ontheroadpodcast.com.au, and all the links are there to all the podcast platforms. And if any of your mates want to get on the show and tell us about their collections, whatever they are, hand them your phone number, mate. Let them have a crack. Yeah, will do. Been a pleasure. Something different to talk about instead of just talking about the real thing all the time. It is, mate, yeah, and that's what the show's all about. Catch you later, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Bye. Rolling us out of the show this week, it's a Canadian country rock trio who were influenced by 60s and 70s trucking music, along with a healthy dose of southern rock. It's the Road Hammers with Overdrive. I've got 18 wheels and a polished rig, I'm in a big old hurry and I do mean big. Gotta get this load to beginning town before the sun comes up and shut me down. Got way late all day traffic jam just south of the border.
That's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... I get around. Everyone knows what I do. And he says... I missed half of that, but anyway, I'm sure you knew what you meant. And our guest says... I still don't know who the mongrel was. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.